It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Pinball Profile. Email pinballprofile at gmail.com. And, of course, if you'd like to support on Patreon, that would be wonderful. Like great people like GME Law, Lua W, Rodney C, Fox Cities, and so many more. Thank you so much for that. Here in Germany right now, actually, we've just started IFPA 18, and I've got one of the finest, a legend, an OG from Finland. Oli Miko Oyamias. How are you doing, my friend? Thank you, Jeff. I'm doing really well. It's good memories from this place 10 years ago, and it's it keeps being even more amazing now, so I'm happy to be here. How many world championships have you been to? Uh, this, this is actually my 10th IFPA. Wow. And then... You probably have to count also some Papa World Championships also in probably around 13th, 14th. That's amazing. And, of course, it's easier when it's here in Europe, uh, but you've made it across as well? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, I played in four uh, IFPAs in the States during the years. And what's your highest finish? It's actually this tournament, top 16, knocked out by Jürgen Holm, eventual winner by 4-2. Losing by 17 million on Jackpot, which Jürgen drained to Outlane, giving him 25 million points. Know that I'm bitter or anything, but I oh. still remember all those things from 10 years. On Jackpot, that's not much, 17 million. Yeah, we both have some there, two and a half billion points, so it was, it was a good match. Before we get back to IFPA 18, tell me about pinball in Finland. I've never been able to play there, haven't been to your fine country. What's the scene like? scene is really active and growing, and I, I love the most interesting thing what's happened probably since COVID is that now we have this awesome young player base who like led by the uh, number one player in Finland Markus Virtanen but also followed by Lukas Martin really awesome player Giro Suvanto only sorry Marco if I'm wrong but I think he's uh, 11 years old Marcos uh, son and he was the best finisher in EPC finishing in top 16 so we we have we have a lot of talent to come you've got your own Eschers and Zmax you've got your own uh, Arvid and Vigos uh, like Sweden has so uh, some young players for sure in Finland I've played Marcus a few times if there is a crazier pinball stance in pinball I have not seen it what is with that stance it's his style and it works for him so well he gets so much more power using the feet long feet stance that I I, I, I can't understand. I, I couldn't play with that stance, but he makes it work. So he's hugged right up against the coin box. He has his right leg underneath the pinball machine, kind of holding the leg, if you will. I guess maybe that helps him with nudges. He's got the gloves on, so he's not afraid of big slap saves. It's working. He's a great player. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. He seems to be good at all eras, too. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. He's been learning all the games so fast and, and it's like he really doesn't, at least in my opinion, I, I feel like he's really comfortable with all the older games and also newer games. He has his own pinball location where he has games, but still you have to also be really active to uh, learn new things and, and I'm, I'm really proud of him how he has learned so many games in, in such a short time. So it's nice that you have all these opportunities in Finland, but it's also easier for you to travel. Where are the places you like to travel to here in Europe? Uh, well, I would say it's a little more hard for us in Finland since we basically have to uh, jump the plane to uh, go to anywhere. I'm so jealous for these people living in Central Europe where they just jump to car and then they are able to drive to like 10 different countries. But luckily the flights from Finland are quite uh, cheap to fly to uh, big tournament hotspots such as well Bur- Buros in Sweden was my favorite 
uh, for 10 years and, and and then also traveling to UK or Germany or, or other normal European places it's only like I would estimate that like 200 euros for the flights if you book them early on so oh, that's good so, so it's it's not too bad you mentioned boros open in sweden you know there are kind of three real big whopper farms we know of district 82 in the states we've seen what bulls and balls have done in fulda and boros open that looks like a fun event the tournament organizer christian holstem did just an amazing job for like 10 years running those tournaments it's uh, i i hate the word uh, whopper farm since uh, seeing, whopper cropping uh, well yeah yeah <laughs> something like that uh, in in Buros, it was it was so well executed that it, it felt that that all the tournaments there made sense and were perfectly organized and and also having such awesome location where you have so many older and newer games that you basically can have the same tournament twice a year which is like one tournament is main tournament on all the uh, newer machines and side tournament on classic machine and then you switch you have uh, same kind of tournament again but then it's like classics is the main thing and then main is the side thing isn't that interesting yeah. it's, it's awesome and it's, it's funny that there are many players who do really well in classics and not do well in, in modern and, and it's good Get, uh, give them a uh, possibility to be, win something big also in classics so in that sense I, I, lo- I love the tournament format there. I like all aspects I'm not a big fan of tournaments that are all modern uh, not that I don't love the games because I certainly do it's just the length of time it takes to play those games whereas classics it's still pinball you're still playing as you would a modern game but just you seem to get them done a little quicker and there's like we're right now recording this in between Uh, round one and two and the delay has just been so long and and the moderns are holding things up and and then maybe repeatable classics i guess like sorcerer do you have a preference uh when it comes to playing in tournaments do you want to just go 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 or do you mind the weight like we're having right now um i think this is the best tournament in the world uh also uh in sense of organizing it's like the schedule is is reasonable enough that we we might have some rounds going on really late in the night but still everyone everyone gets to sleep at some hours you get a lunch break you get a dinner break those are big too exactly exactly so In, enough space to maybe like even do compromises by making a little shorter break uh, for lunch or something like that but you you really don't have to be afraid of like tournament running so late that you only get a few hours of sleep well when you talk about the ifpa world championship you have done something that you're, you're kind of a legend when it comes to this because you've kept the stats for years and years and years and not just who wins not win losses not games scores everything you've got this incredible database Well, I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's that incredible. It's just something that I learned from my friends that you can do n- nice things in Google Sheets, and they are uh, readily available for everybody who has an internet connection. So, I just, in in my opinion, like I love watching games back home and and seeing how guys, my my friends are doing, and uh, seeing the exact game scores from every machine at least for me it provides with so much more entertainment and information about a tournament like, like if there were like I'm pretty sure that if you go to I hope they recorded the scores but I heard like Escher uh, getting 
beaten on jokers by 40 points. Sure. So like, like when you have data of those kind of uh, defeats available, it makes like it much more interesting to see that okay, so they all played played well, but but it was so close that it basically tied, but somebody got points and somebody else didn't. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You talk about how close you are in points and something something like match play. Yeah, it does matter each point, but something like pin golf, as we've just done a few of these tournaments in Fulda. The score kind of doesn't matter. You could just have to get past thresholds to get the number of strokes. Obviously, you want a bigger score and do it as quickly as possible, but you can be on a game where the range is so huge. And in one sense, you know, okay, I got 9 million and this person got 14 million, but we have the same score. Like, there's some weird variables in pin golf that way. Exactly. Pin golf is awesome too when done well, but pin golf can also be the most frustrating format when the target scores are maybe a little too high and the games are maybe a little too hard to play so it's not fun when the average is something like everybody plays three balls and gets gets seven or eight out of like the target scores so nothing fun in there so what the tds try to do in pin golf is make sure that after all the holes are played there's an average of at least three that way you can get full tgp you talk about some unreasonable perhaps scores we played star trek stern and the target score for a hole in one was 300 million it was an error in printing but i mean my buddy got kobayashi maru and got a stroke of six (laughs) yeah that that, that's crazy it's it's like 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 mistakes like that screw up the tournament schedule and and like everybody has to play the game and and like it's like it's it's the same if you play 1 million or 299 million so it, it doesn't make any sense if, if if the scoring is like that it happens but it is it is fine tuning by a TD you know you try to get some data and maybe that's where you come in with your data and scores to figure out okay what are the average scores because if you're going into a pinball arcade or a hall you really don't know what it's going to be like because maybe you don't have the keys to the machine maybe you know it's a coin op it's tough to figure out so a unique format indeed in pin golf it's frustrating for me more than not but uh, I certainly certainly see the appeal for many so there are other formats we've talked about this wonderful one here at ifpa 18 with the match play you like that format is there another format you really love i i, I love also the uh, original papa format that indies gives now running and also thank you neil mcraig to organizing similar format also now in e- europe in uk open so that that's i i think it's such a cruel format to get <laughs> nice, good games inside your ticket that it's like it's not only like like attempt, having more and more attempts and, and trying the single good scores, but no, you have to like be, play well in that exact situation, and that really is what like the best players are uh, are about. They are able to qualify even in that kind of format. Not a lot of people have had experience playing that old papa format and what you're talking about is the card based format so every game on your card has to count until you try another card so you have to be consistent uh you're right indisc has picked that up and they've been doing it for years and neil mccray with his uk open which is coming september 30th in croydon just south of london in the uk they've adopted it so when they did that last year at the uk open for a lot of europeans that was the first time they saw the papa format yeah for sure we don't do it at all the culture is different in Europe than in states. With, uh, the money isn't that involved in our tournaments, which is also a good good thing for tournament organizers since the world is kind of different here 
what it comes to like giving out prize money. But at the same time, especially when, when Neil is doing it in such a way that it feels that he pours in his own money by like tens of thousands of euros and, and keeps the entry prices low so you can buy the entries for totally different money uh, in UK Open that you can do in, in Indisc. And I understand both since Indisc gets the pot out of the entries but when UK Open manages it with its own then they don't have to build the uh, pot with the entry money. So I think it's a good compromise. Take some big pockets, some good sponsors, and you should pat every TD on the back when you go to an event uh, because it is a lot of work that people don't see. And that's the thing that kind of drives me nuts sometimes is when people who've never organized a tournament or have never volunteered the scorekeeper or anything else, and they're critical, and they don't know what goes into these things. And I don't think any TD should be out of pocket for doing a tournament their time their money they shouldn't have to put on this event and then force to be paid so uh that's unfortunately where a lot of the money does have to come from from the players from the entries but that's kind of new to europe this year because we're now seeing the euro you know in, in north america we've been paying the dollar for a while but that's new this year how are people finding paying the euro to ifpa well i i actually i was the former Finnish uh, county director for IFP. I I, 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 I resigned since I didn't like the idea of Europhy or me being involved in like forcing people to collect it. Surprisingly, tournament formats still keep uh, tournaments still keep happening and, and people are paying the fee and, and it's it's not that a big problem since IFP guys handled it pretty well and it's easy to uh, pay out the money. But still, uh, since we don't build any kind of like a big pot for some kind of European tournament winner out of that money it, it feels that it, it doesn't serve the same purpose that it does in, in, in the States I'm, I'm, it, it's been awesome to see how it works in States since it gives such more uh, value to uh, nationals and, and, and the States and the provincials yeah yes exactly but, but we maybe we are go, going to build some kind of that kind of culture also in Europe but we currently don't have it so it, it for me it feels kind of like unnecessary uh, to collect the fee. Of course, like if IFPA guys need the money and, and uh, collect and keep it themselves and say that this is just a fee for use the system, and I'm totally fine with that. But since it feels that they aren't taking any of that money, but they are recycling it to some kind of pinball purpose, that that's where it gets confusing for me. And that's why I'm not the biggest fan of the idea. You're not alone because when that first happened in North America, there were some uh, split decisions and, and others like yourself did resign and uh, just didn't want anything to do with it. You can still run a tournament without the dollar fee or in this case the euro fee. It just it won't be IFPA endorsed. So the money that comes in, all but maybe 5% of it uh, goes back to the players. It's an admin fee. But I have heard other people say the same thing too. If they kept the dollar just themselves, you'd be fine with it. But they're giving it back. And, and some people, you know, maybe question that. You know, I've talked to other Europeans and they've said it changes the competitive dynamic. So uh, you'll just have to get used to it over, I guess, the next years to come. But uh, it is a bit of a culture change. It is, yeah. And I'm just hoping that the laws are that strict in any country that it's seen as some kind of like tax evasion or something. Yes. It, seems, it is basically recycling money into this weird uh, U.S. organization and then maybe <laughs> even receiving something back. And, and what's the sad part is that... that 
in between, some of the organizers probably also have paid some taxes out of that money. So it's okay. like, like at least a uh, tax official gets money from this process. But I think like it, sometimes he's the only winner here. So. Well, what you were talking about too is part of the delay of the euro fee here in Europe because yeah, each country has different tax laws, and you know we've been able to get away with it in the United States. Any prize over six hundred dollars, you're taxed on. In Canada, we don't have a tax for prizing, but it is different in each country. So that's a lot of pressure and a lot of uh, research and figuring it out for country directors. So interesting. So back to IFPA 18. This is exciting for you. You were here 10 years ago. We're at Freddy's Pinball Paradise. First time for many of us here. What a wonderful location. Oh, this is one of the most amazing ones. It's like the German culture of organizing a pinball hall seems to be that all the lines are in perfect form and and also like games group together that's seeing like I, I love all those classics Bali games and seeing like row of 20 of them in the same row it, it makes me so happy that, that it, it's it's just awesome it's fun and like you said at the beginning it's nice to see young people get into pinball you know we remember when these come out we're a little older but uh, the young people getting into pinball it's exciting when they have options like video games and, and their cell phones and everything else but uh, pinball is going strong here in Europe and around the world Oli, it's great to talk to you, my friend. Thank you, Jeff. It was a pleasure. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram at pinballprofile. Email pinballprofile at gmail.com. Maybe suggest somebody you'd like to hear. And if you'd like to support on Patreon, don't worry, the show's always free, but your support is greatly welcome to offset any costs. You can do that at patreon.com slash pinballprofile. I'm Jeff Teolis. Pinball Profile.